Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC, with offices in the Midwest. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an interesting topic today. The topic is independent counsel needed for prenuptial agreements. Is a follow-up to the episode. You can go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, and we have an article uh, titled Prenuptial Agreements Require Both Parties to Have Separate Counsel. So you can read that as a follow-up today uh, to the episode. It will give you a little bit more information on this topic. But uh, at the end of the day, lots of folks uh, considering prenuptial agreements, more and more individuals at least contemplating uh, the idea of a prenuptial agreement. And the reason being is that for a lot of individuals, um, uh, I mean, they're really uh, trying to ensure that if the marriage doesn't work, that, uh, that the, the, you know, they, they're trying to ensure that then the divorce won't be messy, right? It won't be a messy, prolonged, uh, litigious uh, divorce because lots of individuals have heard about the horror stories of individuals who've gone through really nasty divorces. And so the idea is this, is sitting down, talking about how things would work uh, in the instance of, uh, of a divorce, and then uh, really drawing up an agreement that uh, indicates how this would, in essence, take place. Now, when you get into prenuptial agreements, there's certain things that can be uh, really addressed in a prenuptial agreement and certain things that are sort of taboo that you just really can't uh, address in a prenuptial agreement. But in terms of the things that can uh, be part of a prenuptial agreement, uh, property and debt division is a, is a big key in a lot of prenuptial agreements. So what folks do is uh, full and, and fairly disclose all the assets and debt they have coming into the marriage, um, and, and they delineate that. And then in the prenuptial agreement, uh, at least in a lot of them, it will, in some form or capacity, denote how things would work um, in the instance of divorce in terms of who would get what. Obviously, it can be uh, messier in terms of the property and debt accumulated during the marriage itself, uh, but as to items that parties had coming into the marriage, that oftentimes a little cleaner, a little easier to deal with. Uh, prenuptial agreements also can get into the issue of spousal maintenance. Um, in some prenuptial agreements, maybe both parties waive uh, uh, the right to request uh, spousal maintenance, also known as alimony in some states. Uh, some uh, prenuptial agreements will have various clauses, though, that will delineate you know, amounts based on years and maybe some parameters in terms of how maintenance would work uh, in the instance of divorce. So in some instances, uh, uh, there might be some clauses that denote that maybe there would be some maintenance if various conditions were met. Um, and then uh, attorney fees uh, can be addressed in prenuptial agreements as well. In other words, in the instance of divorce, do both parties pay their own attorney fees? Is one party going to agree to assist the other party in the payment of attorney fees? And so that, that can be addressed in a prenuptial agreement as well. What is taboo is child custody and child support. I mean, that, that really cannot be addressed in a prenuptial agreement um, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, those are matters that affect children, and courts don't want that uh, being part of a prenuptial agreement. And so that is almost universally taboo. But uh, one important piece to prenuptial agreements is really this, and that's really the topic today, which is both parties have to have separate uh, independent counsel uh, advising them about the pros and cons of entering into a prenuptial agreement. Now, a lot of individuals might ask, why? Uh, why is that needed? Uh, why is it required? Because what 
lots of ind- individuals are really thinking or contemplating is let's keep this simple, let's keep this sort of easy. They want to just push a, a form, like a prenuptial agreement form, something pretty standard, right? Have one attorney uh, put this thing together. Uh, there wouldn't be two attorneys part of the process. And, and the idea is that this could be uh, pretty simple, pretty easy, pretty quick, pretty painless. Um, but having said that, uh, prenuptial agreements have really significant ramifications for parties. And that's why, as you look at case law in terms of how case law is developed uh, in states, and certainly the laws can vary a little bit by state. So you definitely want a consultant attorney who's licensed incompetent to practice law uh, in your jurisdiction, but in a very general sense in terms of how case law uh, has developed. And then there's some, uh, uh, in other words, what's called the Uniform Law Commissions, which puts forth parameters out there in terms of uh, what they hope or aspire that states will ultimately adopt. But one really uniform uh, piece in terms of case law and in in terms of the uniform laws out there is this idea that both parties need an attorney, right? An attorney from a different law firm that are entirely separate and that the attorney can talk, you know, the attorney for the, uh, the prospective husband can get legal advice about the prenuptial agreement, and then the attorney for the prospective wife can get their own uh, legal advice that's separate, that's independent, that really goes through what the potential pros and what the potential cons of going into any uh, prenuptial agreement would ultimately be. And so this is a big, big key. Now, lots of folks, for whatever reason, again, are in a rush. They want to really uh, not do this. Uh, They're hoping that, again, one attorney can draw up the prenuptial agreement, and maybe it's an instance where one party has an attorney and the other doesn't have an attorney. Um, And and quite simply, the reality is that this is really problematic and that if uh, parties don't have independent counsel, then there can be all kinds of other uh, basis is to, to try to set aside the prenuptial agreement later, right? Somebody might argue that uh, undue influence was being put on them. Maybe they were under duress. Uh, maybe uh, an individual might be able to argue uh, that they did, really didn't understand what they were signing, that there was pressure being put on them, uh, that they really didn't understand the pros and the cons, and they didn't understand that they really had a right to really negotiate for a different agreement that uh, comprises different terms or whatnot. And so that's where it's really important for both parties to have an attorney because if both parties have an attorney and it's a separate attorney, an independent attorney from a different law firm, then each party can really get the advice that they need. And then uh, there's not a concern that one party might contest the prenuptial agreement later. Now, a lot of of individuals in hearing that uh, might wonder, well, how does a party uh, really contest a prenuptial agreement? And again, The exact formality of this can vary based on the state and the exact laws in that jurisdiction. So, again, you want to talk to an attorney uh, who's licensed and competent to practice in this area in your jurisdiction. But in a very general sense, when a party files for divorce, what's very customary is if there's a prenuptial agreement, then the one party file that prenuptial agreement, right? Well, in some instances, uh, the other spouse might agree that the prenuptial agreement, that's it, it's a valid copy, uh, it's enforceable. They might stipulate to that, in which case the items addressed in the prenuptial agreement would then carry the day. And then in a lot of divorces, the parties left dealing with the other issues that weren't addressed in the prenuptial agreement, right, like custody, uh, like child support. You know, those issues would then need to be addressed. But as to the property and debt division, as to the spouse and maintenance, as to the attorney fees that that was addressed in prenuptial agreement, then those items would be taken off the table, right? Well, in some instances, 
the party files a prenuptial agreement, and then what can happen is the other party to the divorce uh, might contest the prenuptial agreement, right? They might contest it and seek to set it aside, and they could do it for various reasons. Uh, again, duress, undue influence. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, they might argue that uh, they, you know, there wasn't a full and fair disclosure of the assets and debts coming in uh, to the marriage itself, and that that could be a basis to set aside the prenuptial agreement. And another one is, again, that a party didn't have an attorney, right? So if that prenuptial agreement's filed, even though it might be signed by both parties, if the spouse contesting uh, the prenuptial agreement didn't have an attorney, uh, that's really problematic. And obviously, Different judges can do different things, and there's certainly no automatic guarantee of what any judge uh, would do in this circumstance. But, again, in a very general sense, uh, if you just sort of back away uh, from, the, from the circumstance and, and just generally ask, you know, uh, 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 family law attorneys out there, lots of family law attorneys, well, what do you think? One party didn't have a, uh, an attorney representing them. They're seeking to set aside the prenuptial agreement. Uh, what's the likelihood that that ultimately would work? And again, the facts matter, the jurisdiction matters, every circumstance is uh, different. But in a very general sense, I think most attorneys would tell you that's a, that's a big problem and really problematic. And so that's where, for an individual, if they were looking for uh, a simpler divorce, a less complex divorce, uh, a less litigious divorce by having that prenuptial agreement uh, to begin with, uh, the reality is that if the prenuptial agreement set aside, right, then they're not getting what they wanted. And now all these other issues that they thought were off the table could end up coming into play. And that's where, as the saying goes, you know, don't be a penny wise and a pound foolish. And, and both parties not having an attorney is really just that. Um, it's just it, it puts the whole agreement at stake, and it might make uh, the prenuptial agreement that was signed invalid, right? And this would also be true, by the way, uh, for a postnuptial agreement. Sometimes individuals uh, enter these agreements after the date of the marriage, and then in some jurisdictions or some courts, right, these might be called premarital agreements or antenuptial agreements. And really, we're talking about uh, the same thing, just some different terminology in terms of uh, what these are titled as, uh, but but pretty much the same thing. And no matter what it's called, right, both parties still. Uh, need to have separate independent counsel. Otherwise, uh, the whole prenuptial agreement uh, could really be put in peril, and ultimately the chances of that being set aside uh, increase uh, pretty dramatically when both parties don't have independent counsel. Now, it's also important as well, right, that both parties seek out and find their own independent counsel, right? In some instances, what might happen is the, the attorney for the prospective husband uh, is asked to give a referral uh, for the name of an attorney for the prospective wife. And even that is, is generally bad and frowned upon, right? So each party should seek out, find, and hire their own independent counsel. And, and that independent term is pretty key, which means they were found independently in that uh, the attorneys are free and able uh, to really give the advice uh, that the prospective spouse is looking for. Uh, in terms of the negotiation of the prenuptial agreement. Well, again, that's the topic. Again, uh, independent counsel needed for prenuptial agreements. Don't forget it. It's very important. And, again, if you're looking for more information on this topic, go on over to our blog, famalawheadquarters.com, and check out the article titled, Prenuptial Agreements Require Both Parties to Have Separate Counsel. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in today. Stay tuned for our next episode of Family Law Talk coming up. Thank you very much. 
thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stange Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stange is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.